Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic week and this is Sarah. And this is Katie. I also hope you're having a fantastic week all around. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, I hope that you're having fun, hopefully. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully some type of fun or just taking it easy. You know, sometimes you just need a good old chill and relaxed day. And I hope that that's happening for each of you at least once during the week. You know, you need it at least once. Oh, yeah. And no one needs it more than you, Miss New Mom over there. With Being a mom card. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot relate, but I can imagine. <laughs> oh, man. For all you moms out there or anyone who has a child or experience with this, if you're going through teething, tell me some, some tips. Send your love, love and hashtag blessing my way <laughs> because it's a struggle. Oh, yeah, he's worth it. It's just like, oh, you don't want mom's boob today? That's great. So I'm going to have to do everything else to get you to eat. Awesome. Oh, God. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) You're like, thanks a lot, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You you childless bitch. (laughs) Childless bitch. (laughs) Anyway, um... I don't have any announcements today, so unless you do, we could just jump right in. I don't, you know. Usually I'm a chatty Kathy, but I have no announcements today, so All jump right. in. Let's dive into the episode. I have no idea what it is. Katie's prepared it this week. I'm super excited. She did warn me that it's going to be rage-inducing, so buckle Yay! up. Yay! We're all about the rage over here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, I don't remember how long ago we did this, but I covered a article on a Mormon blog that was called My Life by Go Go Goff. Yes, I do remember that. I remember that you said, you kept saying, go, go, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why did I laugh at myself? That's what I always do. I'm the worst. I do remember that now. Yes, go, go, fuck off. Well, I found yet another... A blog post of his that I want to share with you. Um, oh, go, go fuck off with that, Katie. I don't want another article from him. Okay, that's the end of the episode. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, so for those of you who don't know or didn't listen to that episode, this is, he's a Mormon blogger and I think is like quite um, shared. He's especially shared a lot on Facebook, Mormons share his stuff. Um, It's not like official from the church, but he follows the church to a T. So it's essentially the same thing. So wait, aren't members a representative of the church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints? So essentially they do like it is representing the church. That's true. That's a good point there. Every member a missionary. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm just going to read you the title of this blog post and get your reaction. Okay. Oh, boy. Here's it called. The lie about loving the LGBTQ plus community that many Latter-day Saints are believing. Uh, okay, so wait, wait. Just so I understand this, he's saying that the lie, as in the church, loves the LGBTQ plus community that people are believing like it's the lie being the church loves the community. I think it's just in general 
about loving the uh, about loving them. So we'll get into what he has to say. Asshole. This is already like that's the title. Yep, that's the title. And if you if you recall, his writing is it is not your favorite. (laughs) His writing style. (laughs) So, all right. So not only do we have bad grammar, but we have a homophobic, bigoted asshole ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's writing these things and Mormons share them all over the place. So Celestial Jesus, take the wheel. Celestial Jesus, take the wheel. No, I don't want to go where he goes. I'll go with Satan. (laughs) 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 All right. If your Facebook feed is anything like mine, it has become inundated with the rainbow flag and people posting about LGBTQ topics. I I have seen countless posts, both those who advocate for and against the LGBTQ lifestyle. Okay, already, if you're advocating against just people, just humans, and you're posting that on Facebook, it's like, no, unfriend, but whatever. Exactly, unfriend, but I know we say it all the time, but I really just, I don't understand it. Even when I was a Mormon and I was all about, like, yeah, I believe what the prophets say, and, you know, it goes against my lifestyle, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I would still never post, actively post shit about something like that. Like, just let people be. Let yeah, people yeah. be. I don't get it. I think we had that in common when we were both Mormon. Neither of us would have shared bigoted shit like this. No. Like, like, we, even we didn't go that far. We were Molly Mormon, but we we didn't go this far. We didn't go that far. <laughs> we just shared scriptures and quotes from General Conference. Cringy. <laughs> wow, the church is true. Oh, the church is true. And the reason I post that is because I was trying to be righteous to get an eternal companion. I was oh. Like, I'm so spiritual. So spiritual. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The common theme throughout all the posts is everyone claiming they are acting out of love. I have been pondering these posts all month. And while I was out running this morning and pondering, the spirit gave me a parable about truly loving our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community. <laughs> I'm just imagining him running with like the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit <laughs> on his shoulder being like, oh, hey, hey, let me just remind you about this one parable because I, I don't have anything else going on today. So, um, Isn't that so cringy? Like that he... He's taking himself seriously. He truly thinks that this this story he thought up is a parable given to him by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's delusional, sir. It's literally, yeah, it's delusional. Yeah. So to preface my article, I want to share this parable to set the tone. All right, we get into his parable. Okay. Well, once there was a young man who desired more than anything to become a lawyer. That was his goal and his dream. This young man told his three friends about his aspirations. He asked them for help achieving his dream. Throughout high school and college, his friends encouraged him and helped him study. When he passed the LSAT to enter law school, they celebrated with him that he was nearing his goal. Finally, the night before he was to take the bar exam to officially become a lawyer was here. See, that that was was weird and weird, but... Yeah, I'm already like, The night was here. Seeing that their friend was preparing for the most important step of his goal and that he needed to relax, 
His friends all go out to dinner to celebrate. At the end of dinner, this young man sees other students from his law school, and they invite him to go out to a bar with them. His first friend tells him that he deserves to be happy and that they should go. His second friend says that he does not drink, but he'll be the designated driver. The third friend tells him that he should not go. He says that he loves him and that they should not be drinking and staying up late the night before the exam. The young men's, the young men's classmates angrily attack the third friend for being so judgmental, not understanding and unloving, and they leave him behind and go to the bar. Okay, so they leave behind the judgmental friend. Yes, and they and go not, to the bar. And not the main friend. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so the other two friends are like, sure, well, I'll, I'll be your DD. I'll go with you. Let's celebrate. Okay. So yep. while at the bar, he parties later and later into the night. This is so Mormon. When, when he awakes in the morning, he has slept through his alarms and the exam doors are already closed. He failed the bar exam in anguish. He calls his friends to his house and tells them he has failed. And then he asks, when I needed you the most, why did you assist in my self-destruction? This is not real. Like, okay, first of all, in what reality would this exist? And second of all, it's not his friend's responsibility. <laughs> that's exactly it's a grown-ass man. Like the parable says, the other parable, that's an actual parable in the Bible. Not his brother's keepers. Like, his friends are... Ooh, burn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's not their fault. So oh. the first friend tells him that he was just trying to love him and make sure he was accepted by his friends. The second friend tells him that he was also trying to love him and did not want to judge him, impede on his agency, or be too preachy. He then looks at his third friend, and his third friend tells him, I, too, acted out of love, love of you. I tried to warn you that your actions were incompatible with your goals, but you and the others scorned me and left me behind. When you left me behind, I went home and knelt down and prayed for you. I have always loved you. Oh, my God. That new friend or that third friend is an absolute douche, as you say, douche canoe. Like, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Like, who says that? Who wants to be friends with someone? Even when I was Mormon, that was like, I went home and I got on my knees and I prayed for you and (laughs) blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, okay, that's too much, man. That's too much. Too much. The reason I judged you is because I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Which of his friends truly loved him? The first friend encouraged and affirmed his choices, even though he knew what their costs would be. His love was seeking the praise of men at the cost of his friend. The second friend saw himself as a sophisticated neutral. He was not going to tell him what to do either way. He did not want to upset anyone. He knew his words could make a difference, but he did not use them. His actions revealed that love of self was was his motive. But the third friend raised his voice in an attempt to help him. He loved his friend and refused to give up on him. Even when others scoffed and scorned at him, he continued to love. Robert <laughs> Robert D. Hales taught, quote, a true friend will not let us do anything we want. True friends will correct us when we do something wrong and bring us back on the straight and narrow path that leads to exaltation. Um, I'm sorry, Robert D. Hales, and also this entire go go fuck off article like what happens to the whole mormon stance on free agency i know 
supposed to tell people what to do or how to do. That's not your responsibility. Like you can be a quote unquote example by, by leading your own life in the way that they should, but you shouldn't like everything I was taught as a Mormon is you shouldn't be like, Oh, you have to do this and you have to do that. Like people have their own agency. Yeah. What about live and let live? Like, yeah. What and about laugh, love. <laughs> what about live, laugh, love? Um, I, I feel like you and I, when we were Mormon, we would have taken the stance of probably the second friend where we're yeah. like, we yeah. won't drink, but we're not going to tell you what to do. But this is coming from like a more uh, extreme version of Mormonism, which is like the more devout, you know, when they're like, no, you need to stand up and say what's wrong and prevent people from going astray, essentially. I mean, I had some friends who were like that as Mormons who would say things to to me and like, I mean, I was never even like going out partying, that type thing as a Mormon, but just like how I would dress or maybe like I told you, I had that roommate who wouldn't even let us have coffee flavored ice cream in the house. Oh, like, yeah. So judgy. So judgy um, and trolling, yeah. Yeah, and but on the flip side, I was also that person. We all know that horrible story about me <laughs> refusing to watch a radar movie in Germany, and I made everyone feel like a complete asshole because I was like, I'm judging you for this. I'm leaving. I'm being. <laughs> I know. We've all had moments like these, but but I, the fact that this is like a parable that he's using, and I already know to equate to like living your life as part of the LGBTQ plus community I'm assuming or like supporting them. Mm-hmm. How you mm-hmm. should say like, come on, like you cannot compare it's apples and oranges. Like this is not just a, I'm choosing to go out and partying. This is their lives. Like they're, you know, yeah. they're not cho- people don't choose to be gay. Go, no. go off. So go, go fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that parable as the backdrop, we can finally address the topic at hand. Everyone says they are motivated by love, but in reality, true love is inseparable from true doctrine. When we seek to be like the first friend or the second, are our actions really motivated by true love? God is love and God loves us, but he does not tolerate sin. True love draws us to Christ. True love embraces and embodies true doctrine. Russell M. Nelson taught, quote, real love for the sinner may compel courageous confrontation, not acquiescence. Real love does not support self-destructing behavior. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's uh, that just drives me. Real love does not like self-destructing behavior. What being yourself? No. Self-destructing behavior is when you're not allowed to be yourself. Exactly. <laughs> to to say that being gay or being trans is self-destructive behavior is absolutely like horrific. That's unacceptable to me to say. And they're like, oh, that's just a self-destructing behavior. No, it's not the same as whatever doing heroin, you know, then you're like, OK, then I need to intervene or whatever. I don't yeah, want to support that. But supporting someone for just existing is not self-destructive behavior. So horrible. <clears throat> Elder Holland recently stated, quote, we have to be careful that love and empathy do not get interpreted as condoning and advocacy or that orthodoxy and loyalty to principle not be interpreted as unkindness or disloyalty to people. As near as I can tell, Christ never once held, withheld his love from anyone 
but he also never once said to anyone, because I love you, you are exempt from keeping my commandments. It's just, it's so, uh, it, it makes me enraged that they're still using this, like, well, sure, love them by loving them. That means that you prevent them from being gay. Like, what? That's not even possible. Exactly. But also they keep, you know, using this whole like example of Jesus. Where in the Bible does Jesus explicitly say that you should not support or encourage LGBTQ plus community? Anyone who's gay, trans, anything. Tell me where it is in the Bible. I'm not. Not in there. (laughs) Um, Okay. He says the plan of salvation is a plan of love and requires, requires is capitalized and underlined requires us not to endorse the LGBTQ lifestyle. Wow. If so, then he goes on to say like, okay, if this earth life were the beginning and end of our existence, then eat, drink and be merry would be the only standards that make sense. Marry whoever you want, smoke, whatever you want, do whatever you want. Was the marry whoever you want and smoke whatever you want, like as if that's the same. Exactly, it's in the same category. It's like what the fuck things. I don't, (laughs) I don't understand. If this life was everything, then everyone satisfying their appetites would be logical. But our knowledge of the plan of salvation changes everything. This life is not the beginning. We lived with God before we were born into these mortal bodies. We lived with our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother, the two of them forming an eternal heterosexual union with all of us as their children. And we shouted for joy when God outlined a plan that would enable us to gain a body and work towards becoming like our Heavenly Parents, i.e. get bodies and form our own heterosexual unions and have our own children. I can't believe this is in an article in the amount of times he said heterosexual. I know. I know. And then uh, he says, regarding the plan of salvation, Elder Holland taught, quote, obviously a same gender relationship is inconsistent with this plan. Okay, but obviously as well, Jesus was born by God impregnating (laughs) Mary through some miracle. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't even make sense. How no. he was born, like yeah, through magic, right? Through magic, <laughs> yeah, he procreated the earth, and they're you know the rest of their children just kept having sex and incestual. Like, mm-hmm. come on, like, none it's of it makes that sense. Great, that's just a beautiful plan, and it's I I want us to say it's like yeah, Elder Holland, gross. Jeff Holland says a same gender relationship is inconsistent with this plan. Well, yeah, because the plan is homophobic, outdated. And fake. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like it's fake. And the amount of times I've heard in my life and the Mormon church and outside the Mormon church as well, just with bigoted people and homophobic people is when they're like, we must prevent um, gay people from get, getting a voice, basically, or getting married because it ruins the institution of marriage. But also, you know, I, I can't believe I'm going to even say this. But this is actually an argument is that within how are we going to continue populating the earth if everyone's gay? It's like, can you please just for two seconds, read a book and like understand that homosexuality has been around 
for the beginning, like since the beginning, like this isn't a new thing that just happened overnight. And all of a sudden the, the rural population is going to go and, and decline and decimate and we're not going to exist anymore. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just suddenly going to turn gay. Yeah, it's just like... Dallas homophobe oaks, read a goddamn book, sir. Exactly. Like, I, just, I can't wrap my head around that argument, and I've heard it so many times, and it's just like, you know, this isn't just among humans. Like, it exists in every species. Like, it's just, it's natural. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Part of me wonders if the people who argue that are like closeted or something I don't know it's just like why do you think that suddenly everyone's gonna turn gay that's not it's not how it works I just don't get it (laughs) and as we've said from the beginning who who would want to choose a lifestyle that is like constantly you know up against you know defending themselves having prejudices discrimination Mm -hmm. blah 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 like he wouldn't do that like I just think it's so absurd when people are like, oh, we're going to, we have to protect the innocent youth and they're all going to just, you know, be brainwashed and, and now all of a sudden become gay. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And if they become gay, good for them. If they're gay. Also, good like, for them. protecting the sanctity of marriage while the people who are saying that are a lot of times in, you know, they've been divorced multiple times or they're in a domestic violence situation. It's like, yeah. what? Why is just straight marriage the sanctity of marriage? Like, exactly, exactly. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you're blessed. You're, you know, the whole point is that you're supposed to get married and populate the earth, you know, have children. You can't do that if you're gay. And it's like, uh, you still can. There's called adoption, there's surrogacy, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, you know, IVF, multiple routes you can go. And can we just touch on for a sec? That a lot of straight heterosexual or heterosexual is straight heterosexual cisgender couples can't get pregnant. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. He goes on. It doesn't mean that they're a better parent. I hate that argument too. It's like, no. (sighs) Yeah, I know. What I am saying is that we should not forsake the gospel on social media. We should stand for the truth and unapologetically share the gospel, even when others will hate us for doing so. (laughs) Hi, trolls that come to our comments. And yeah, please come. You know what? This is sorry, a tangent. We haven't had a troll in a really long time. I know. It's kind of it's like nice. But also I love seeing the tea when trolls come in and and all of you listeners get them. So I know eerie. It's like, have they somehow blocked us or what is going on? I mean, it's a new year. Maybe that's part of their new year's resolution. It's just to turn, turn the other cheek, you know? Oh, I don't know. I think it's new year, new trolls. (laughs) I hope. Bring it on. I need some excitement in my life. Come on. trolls. Okay. People who talk about the church needing to accept gay marriage and allow gay gay couples to get married in the temple do not understand even the basics of the plan of salvation. Okay, I'm pausing because this is a straw man argument. I don't hear very I don't hear this except for from Mormons. I don't hear people saying you need to allow gay marriage in the temple. I just don't hear that. Do you? I've never heard that. No, I was. I hear don't advocate. Like, don't tell your um, congregations how to vote against gay marriage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's essentially it. 
We're not forcing you to have gay perform gay ceremonies in the temple. Like I, I think gay people don't want to go into your temple for the most part, but um, yeah, yeah. be wrong. But I've never heard that argument either. And also, it's just I think they just pull shit out their ass. Like this, go go fuck off. Just like pull stuff out and like. It's like, oh, I hear this all the time. And it's like, you may have heard it one time in your life from like a 70 year old woman in your church. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Our entire religion and plan of salvation centers around a heterosexual couple, heavenly father and heavenly mother that we are striving to become like. Jesus Christ came to earth to enable us to become like our heavenly parents. Ezra Taft Benson taught that exaltation is merely eternal fatherhood and eternal motherhood hetero yeah heterosexual marriage is not just part of the gospel plan that could be changed like a dentist pulling a tooth it is the plan of salvation what a weird analogy like a dentist pulling a tooth i don't understand the train of thought i don't i don't either he's (laughs) sorry i'm like hung up on most of this wait what (laughs) yeah Heterosexual marriage isn't just part of the plan of salvation. It is the plan of salvation. So cool. everyone yeah. else no, just it's screwed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's homophobic and problematic. So thanks for just, you know, reiterating that for us. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. One of the major talking points of advocates of accepting the LGBTQ lifestyle is that it is immoral and unrealistic to expect those who have a same gender attraction to live the law of chastity. Okay. Okay. What we have a problem with, sir, is that you expect people to be celibate, to not even experience love or like hand holding or cuddling with a partner. You want them to just be alone forever. It's sure. not just that they want to go bang everything. We're, we're we're here for like we want their quality of life to be good, and that does include sex, yes, but it also includes intimacy and like love and sweet kisses and just all stuff like that which you're forbidding them from having so and you know and I've heard this argument and I have to say I'm going to admit this on on the podcast I cannot remember but I have a feeling that I also had a conversation with someone as a very much Molly Mormon who was coming out as gay as a gay man in the church um and I remember this argument being like he was saying you know he can't have love or like experience a, an adult relationship. And I, I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but I'm pretty certain I said this, or I thought it at least in my Mormon ways of like, well, you know, if I never get married, married in this lifetime, then I also will never have sex. And so like, what's the difference between that? Like if I have to do it, then you have to do it. And now obviously realizing, first of all, I was an asshole, but second of all, like, that doesn't work. Like you just said, at least even if I stayed as a Mormon and never got married, I could still have a relationship. I just couldn't have sex before marriage, but I could still experience love. I could have a loving relationship, hold hands, kiss, cuddle, all that stuff. I just could even, yeah, you could even go on dates, like just as simple as like going on a date and having a little bit of romance or connection. You're allowed to do that. Gay people aren't even allowed to date. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the end of the like and I've heard that discussion a few times like when I was very active and very Molly Mormon where 
you know, people in the church would say that, like, you know, we're not asking you to hold different standards or to apply different standards in your life as as a, a straight person. You just can't, you know, you also have to have the law of chastity in place and you can't have sex before marriage and blah, blah, blah. And I believe that shit. I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. Like, meh, meh, meh. No, it's not. It's not the same in any way. Well, no. And you, as a straight person, you have the opportunity. Like, there's still hope there of like, oh, if I do find someone, I can get married. But as a gay person, you're like, well, I do I marry someone I'm not attracted to? What do I do? Or just be alone forever? It's it's really fucked up and it is immoral. So, yeah. Yes. And here he gets really condescending and kind of says what you were just saying. He says, do you want in on a little secret? The law of chastity is hard for a lot of members across all spectrums. The single sister who never marries, the divorcee, the member who was previously addicted to porn, those who find themselves single for years longer than they expected. All members are expected to avoid pornography like the plague and never masturbate and live celibate lives unless they are within a marriage between a man and a woman. Oh, my God. I was like, go, go, fuck off. You were spot on. Yeah. Then he says, each one of us will have our cross to bear, a commandment that is particularly difficult for us. For many members, that cross is living the law of chastity. Can you really compare the difficulty between crosses that we are called to bear by saying it is harder for LGBTQ people than others? Yes, we can. We can say that. (laughs) Because like we just outlined, straight people have way more things that they can quote unquote do, you know, like things like in dating or like just even something as simple as like dancing with someone that you're attracted to. You can do that if you're not married. But if you're gay, you just can't do anything. And and I love how he's like, yeah, this completely excludes transgender people, too. He's just like lumping them all in as if just your identity is just, oh, God. It's so infuriating. I hate this guy so much. I, I do, too. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. You are not gay. You are a child of God. Your sexuality does not define you or your potential. Okay, then say that to a straight person. <laughs> right? Yeah, go, go, goff. You are not straight. And yeah. he, he just fucking outlined, just a few a paragraphs ago, he said the whole plan of salvation is around a heterosexual heavenly mother exactly. and father. So it is defined if you're heterosexual, but it's not defined if you're anything besides that. Oh, my God. Okay. Satan wants us to identify ourselves by the condition of the fall, i.e. things that will not matter in the next life. Quote, Billy is bald. Jeremy is fat. Jenny is short. Donna is white. Jerry is Japanese. Roger is a Republican. And Aaron is gay. I... (laughs) It's like he's trying to lump in all of the quote unquote, you know, wrong things that are, you know, what's wrong with America and the country and the world. And it's like, I'm going to talk about LGBTQ plus community, racism and sexism, and but I'm in Republican versus Democrat and liberals and conservatives, but I'm going to try to do it in a discreet way by being like, it doesn't matter if you're bald or if you're fat or blah, blah, blah. Really? <laughs> and the, the Republican part, it's like being a Republican is a choice. 
you ask that being Japanese or being gay or being short, that's not, you don't choose those things. Exactly. <clears throat> oh my God. Sorry. I just choked on my own spit because I was so angry. <laughs> God. Go, go fuck off. Just make uh, him that angry. He does. Okay. By getting us to identify as something other than the divinity of our creation, Satan causes us to lose focus from our heavenly father and his plan of salvation. Okay. So you're identifying as anything other than just a child of God, but heavenly father identifies as a man. And heavenly mother, apparently, you know, we, we gave her a pronoun. So why would we so not? Why can't, why can't people just die? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> One of the prime examples of this comes in the focused attack by Satan against those who identify as LGBTQ and their families. Satan tells these people that their attractions, feelings, and desires are who they are. So no longer do they identify primarily as a child of God. They identify as their sexual orientation. I am gay. I am bi. I am transgender. And if you love me, you will affirm and support me. This just proves he has no idea what he's talking about. He literally hasn't a clue at all. And also, I just, I know we talk about it all the time, but I find it so ridiculous that Mormons, like, place so much emphasis on Satan. And, like, if I believe in a Satan, as the Mormons do, then that is one busy motherfucker. Like, he is doing it all. He's (laughs) three-step maneuvering all around. Step maneuver. I'm just gonna scuttle on over here and do this and scuttle on over there and do that. I mean, he's everywhere. Satan's everywhere doing everything. Like, oh, he's such a busy, busy man, and I love him. He's got to manage Google alone because you know, if anyone researches, Satan's got a lot on his plate. But you know, it also just shows like he's he's. You know, being transgender is not your sexual orientation. That's your gender identity. So he, he has no fucking clue what he's talking about. He's and, an idiot. And it's like, and if you love me, you will affirm and support me. And it's like, yes. Why would, why, why would you not? Why do you give a shit what someone's either sexual orientation or gender identity is? Why do you care? I, I guess he's caring because he thinks that according to God, you can't be that. I don't know. It's just because it's it's the same old thing. Like they, you know, the group of people who are so active and, and voice their opinions about everyone else's lives. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Just does it affect you? I always want to ask them this question, and I usually do. Does it affect your life personally on a daily basis that this person, your neighbor, your cousin, your aunt, whatever, whoever the fuck? If they're gay or trans and they're trying just to have equal rights as you, how does that affect your daily life? Right? It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't at all. But you being an oppressive asshole affects their daily life exactly. by taking their rights away and, and hatred being spewed toward them. So, yeah. So I just don't get And it's always this weird ass argument that, again, makes no sense. But when you're Mormon, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Where it's like, oh, well, you know, if we don't do something about this and you know abomination of the of what's happening in the world right now then you know basically the end of the world is going to come and god's <laughs> going to curse everyone and blah 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 and like it's oh. their job to make sure it's not the downfall of society oh, and it's not, right it's so ridiculous 
And it's also, this is really, I don't know, it's reducing uh, LGBTQ people to, he's telling them, he's saying that he knows what they identify. He's saying when they're gay, all they identify as is gay. And that's just not true. Like, every person is multifaceted. And of course, yeah, like, I, I, I suppose I identify as a straight woman, but there's so much more to me. And same with anyone who's gay or anything else. That's not their whole identity. But he's saying here that they make it their whole identity. And that's not true. That's just not true. <laughs> but it's not true. But it's always that argument of like, you don't see me going around telling everyone that I'm straight and like having to, you know, wear a certain color blah 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 to say that I'm straight and it's like yeah because you have that privilege of living in a world in a society where that's considered quote-unquote normal where so you don't it, have to do that right it's like why there's no straight pride like fuck off yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay this deception is vital for Satan's plan to work because as soon as we shift a person's identity to sinful behavior then they become that behavior and any criticism of that behavior is taken personally. Oh my God. Yeah. Because you deemed their, their behavior sinful. It's not sin. Isn't real. Um, not real. (laughs) This is why elder Bednar said, quote, there are no homosexual members of the church. We are not defined by sexual attraction. We are not defined by sexual behavior. Really, David Bednar? Because are there no heterosexual members of the church either? That's exactly like this argument. It makes no sense. And they just say like sexuality in general is only exclusive to those in the LGBT community. Like it doesn't make fucking sense. You, Elder Bednar, are (laughs) sexual. Are you not? You have have children. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. And the whole... The whole thing is centered on, you know, he's contradicting himself here in Gogo Goff's article. He's saying, like, um, the whole premise of the church and the plan of salvation is that two, a man and a woman get together and boink and have kids and populate a planet. Like, that's the whole, like, that's, it's centered around that sexuality. But then, uh, no, no one's identified by their sexuality. Uh, you can't have it both ways. You can't. It doesn't doesn't work that way. Sorry, Bednar. Sorry. (laughs) Then a young singles adult ward would not exist if you weren't trying to just pair people up and get them to have kids, you know? Yep, 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 yep. Okay, and here's a quote from Dallin H. Oaks. (sighs) Most important, each of us is a child of God with the potential destiny of eternal life. Every other label, label, even including occupation, race, physical characteristics, or honors, is temporary or trivial in eternal terms. Don't choose to label yourselves or think of yourselves in terms that will put a limit on a goal for which you might strive. He said this in 2019. This is 2019. He included race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. he, right after occupation. Okay, you choose your occupation. You do not choose your race. And I think that's so disgusting to tell people to not identify as something that is your heritage and it can be very very important and even sacred for some people like it sounds like he basically is wanting to say like i don't see color well mm. that's a problem you should you should 
whole thing. Like, you know, we shouldn't just like, oh, I don't see color. No, like we we should embrace and we should celebrate. Yes, and who are not white. (laughs) Yeah, and honor that honor that history, and they should proudly, um, quote unquote, label themselves with that when they're just like, no, you're nothing. You're actually nothing that you identify as. You're just a member of our church. That's it. God, okay. But also, I just want to point out too, he's like, oh, you shouldn't like think about that or, you know, in the, in the eternities or whatever, it's not going to matter. But then it's like, you have a whole book of Mormon that talks about race and how important it was with the Lamanites and the Nephites and the color of their skin and how they were first and eternal damnation, blah, blah, blah. So which one is it? Right. Consistent. So. Well, and it's a convenient thing for him to say to get people to stop talking about that stuff, to stop talking about the Mormon racism. Because if you're not going to talk about it, then, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just all children of God, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Don't think about it. Yeah. Okay. He continues, uh, referring back to the parable at the beginning. We know the doctrine and we know what God expects of us. We have made covenants not just to love God and our neighbors, but to stand as a witness, to speak out and be counted. So, will we do it? Will we cave to the pressures of man and act like the first friend? Will we, in pride, act in self-preservation and pretend to be neutral? Or will we boldly and lovingly teach and live the doctrine? Do we realize that when we act as the first or second friends, not only are we hurting our friends, but we will have to answer for our role in their sins? I just want to say this right now, and I'm sure everyone listening has already thought about this, but this is why these tragic shootings happen. Yep. I just, I'm saying it like this is the, the rhetoric and the shit that is out there. There you have young people listening to this, reading it, whatever the fuck you have people who are already, you know, just waiting for an excuse to act out in this way in a violent behavior. And this is the ammunition that they need. Yes. Literally and, you know, figuratively both. This is what this Mm -hmm. is. what. Well, yeah, they're, you know, like, oh, I don't know why this happens in the world and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because this shit exists. Like, leave people fuck alone. Like. it's painting hatred and judgment and bigotry as love. He keeps yeah. he keeps saying, if you love them, you need to teach them a lesson, right? Like you need to stand up and and keep your commandments and speak out. And that leads to, at the very minimum, like hate speech and bullying, but then can escalate really quickly to other things because they think they read this and they think that they're they're doing the right thing. They think they're being righteous and being warriors for God when they're just being hateful and yep. and judgmental and, and all of that. And yeah, sometimes violent. It's really fucked Horrible. up. Yeah. And he ended in a, uh, with a quote from another prophet, but I didn't copy it because I was done. I didn't want to read anymore (laughs) (laughs) we've all been there sometimes when I go through these talks I'm like I can't do anymore I cannot read another quote or any of this shit I'm done done 
Yeah, he linked a another blog post that was like, what was the title of it? It said how, um, like, if you're a faithful member of the church, how anti-racism goes against the gospel and you shouldn't be anti-racist. Yeah, it and it covered a lot of stuff that you kind of were talking about earlier about, like, erasure of of your, the identity of someone, especially if you're black or Native American. It's like, just, just you're just a, a daughter or a son of God. Then just focus on that. You don't need to identify as anything else. That's so horrible. That's so horrible. And the fact that people, again, they read this shit and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then they share it on Facebook and he like gets a lot of traffic. I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I'm just angry now I'm just gonna go downstairs and be like I hate Gogo whatever the fuck his name is I don't even know his real name because I just say Gogo fuck off like I hate <laughs> him and everything that he stands for and it's just it makes me sad like it's one thing just to be annoyed at what he says and to be like this is a pity but he has an audience and he has people who are really interacting with this and taking this shit to heart and thinking like Yep, that makes sense. Let me share it on my social media and spread this even more because it's like the gospel truth. And it's so problematic. It's not it's not just saying like you should believe in Christ. It's saying you should actively go against like or go harm a group of people, basically, mm-hmm. by know, your actions and words and everything else. It's yeah. Incredible. And I think he has kids too, which makes me sad. Oh, imagine if one of them is a part of the community and then they have a dad who's posting this shit. I know. Uh And you think that like, sometimes I think because we've been out of it for so long and we have found such a loving ex-Mormon community, I kind of forget sometimes how, you know, you think that we're progressing as society and it's like you sometimes you'll see progressive Mormons and you're like, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. And then you read shit like this and you see all the comments and the shares and you're like, oh, maybe we aren't progressing as much as I thought. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for raging with me. And yeah. Thanks for uh, bearing through that and actually uh, covering another one of his horrible articles. You are a troop. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I hate it. Uh, Listeners, uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.